0: The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com. from Matthew 6, 1 through 6, 16 through 21. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound the trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be praised by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward, but whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure, disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen, not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is there your heart will be also. This is the word of God for us and the people of God. I see God. So um, many many churches like ours, many mainline churches, have distorted this passage completely to suggest that we should avoid any outward expressions of faith in Jesus. And I think this, this misreading is very convenient. For people like us, very convenient, given the rampant allergy that we all have to anything (laughs) remotely evangelistic. Right? To be fair, many of us have been hurt, or at least turned off, by Christians engaging in strong arm tactics. Many years ago, I sat. In a seminar that was supposed to assess pastors from a variety of denominations, on if we had the gifts to plant a new church like Kingstown. As y'all know, I've felt called to this for a very long time, but I, you know, I wanted to see what was this thing in me that I felt? Did, do I do I just have the desire to do it, or do I actually have the skills? Those kind of unteachable gifts. That instinct to start new things like this church.
1: At the seminar, one of the
0: consultants or coaches there, this guru in church planting, um, when it came time to consult with me one-on-one, he said, I don't know. I don't really see you as the kind of person to just grab someone on the street and talk to them about Jesus. To which I responded, Maybe the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me. I don't want to be that person. Y'all don't want to be that person. That's why you have an allergy to this. But Jesus' instructions here are not actually intended to squelch at all our evangelistic pursuits, our outward signs. It was Jesus, after all, who delivered the Great Commission as his parting volley back towards us to take this thing over. As important as the peculiarities of these instructions in Matthew 6 are, we we may miss the heart of the matter completely. (coughs) That Jesus fully expects us to engage in these spiritual disciplines he's talking about. Fully expects it of us. And Jesus doesn't say, if, if you pray or fast or give alms, what does he say? He says, when? When you pray, when you fast, I wonder if that gets at you like it gets at me. Jesus here is assuming that we do these things all ready. And then in just a few moments later, Jesus' sermon will turn to those who tend to find the speck in their neighbor's eye while disregarding the log in their own eye, that comes after this section. As I administered ashes at the Madeline today, I saw someone on Facebook, they were skipping Ash Wednesday. They said, skipping Ash Wednesday this year, because they didn't need to be reminded of their brokenness and need for God and did not need the obligation of Lent. And I rolled my eyes as I read it. I rolled my eyes when I should be tending to my own all too anemic prayer life. It's not like business is moving in that area for me either. I still feel that that tinge in me, when Jesus assumes I'm already doing it. I'm already praying. I'm already giving all that I can. I'm already fasting from what those things that tend to control me. When Jesus says, will you pray and fast and give? Jesus does it instead of saying, if you pray, or fast, or give. <clears throat> and whenever I read these words on oh Jesus, or his other teachings on prayer at all, I remember a prayer retreat I attended once in North Carolina, led by the spiritual director. I can still see her tucking her leg underneath her as she rocked in her And her porch swing with us, as she smiles, her face is alive with, like, wrinkles of joy and age. And her improbable words still sink in my soul. This woman, a Dominican sister who ran the retreat center, was a devotee of centering prayer, which is this deep, silent of contemplation and listening before God. Like practitioners of this type of prayer say they recommend 20 minutes of straight silence three times a day. Have you ever tried to be silent doing absolutely nothing but being silent for 20 minutes? Yeah, five is possible. It's serious stuff when you do this. And for me, it feels absolutely impossible. But I remember her words. She says, there is a movement underway as more and more people learn about and practice centering prayer, that the interest is growing, I promise, she said, and and we believe that if, if enough people take part in it, the whole world will change. We believe this kind of prayer can change the entire world. And I desperately want her words to be true. I long to believe the millions of people at prayer, listening daily for God. I believe, I want to believe that that can change things. That a polarized people will cease their boring ways because of this kind of prayer. And that generosity will prevail in a, in a world that's often stingy and small because of this kind of prayer but but my faith is weak it's not like it's not like that business is always booming. in me but maybe Jesus knew this maybe when Jesus said when you pray instead of if you pray he wasn't naively, assuming or sarcastically remarking on the state of our prayer lives, maybe what he knew was that even a prayer that follows my eye roll or even a prayer that ends early because I got distracted and started writing my to-do list or even a daily prayer rhythm that I commit to but then I don't commit to and then I commit to again and then I forgot I only did two two days last week and then only one day this week but I'm going to do five days this week. Maybe he meant, in Jesus' words, when meant that even a prayer like that can change us. Even that kind of prayer can change us. Even a prayer like that from just another disciple who who tends to find a a speck in my neighbor's eye than the log in my own or robin spirituality, even that can be subversive. Perhaps Jesus said when because he knew that we want to, and we aim to, and we don't always get it right, but we try to listen for God, and we try to make the time, and we try to make our commitments, and we fail, and we make them again, and even, even that, Jesus knew, would transform individual hearts, which would transform the world. All of our failed attempts when we pray. Maybe if we this Lent we could lend our good enough lives and our good enough prayers not the if we pray prayers but the when we pray prayers whatever it may look like as often as we seem to get it right and wrong if we lend those to god it would shift the spiritual axis of the world maybe that's what Jesus said when he said it.